All right, Kiss Army. You wanted the best. You got the best. Now close your eyes. You're about to be podcasting. Welcome. And of course, with that familiar music, you know you are listening to Podkist. Welcome to Podkist episode 66, Monsters Side 2. On behalf of Matt and Gary and everybody else here at the round table, we'd also like to say congratulations to another friend and fan of the month, and it's Ian Murray. And he writes to us, Hi guys, it's a real honor being the next friend of the month. I'd like to say thanks to my buddies at the Podkist. I found that I'm not alone in being a Kiss fan. It's a pleasure listening to like-minded guys and girls discussing one of my all-time favorite bands. I especially enjoy the roundtable discussions, which have included, in my opinion, the greatest studio album, Rock and Roll Over. I listen to that podcast frequently. A special thank you to Gary and Ferg, who made all of this possible. Without their dedication to get the show off the ground, I wouldn't be writing this. Also, the band of brothers who have come on board since the first episode. My buddy Ken, whose opinions of Kiss are very much like my own. Great to be able to call him a friend. Plus, you have great taste, Ian, if, if your thoughts are like mine. The Matt Porter, Joe Casius, Cassius, Julian, Matt Walters, and the list goes on and on. Thanks to the podcast, I've now seen other guys create their own unique shows, which I frequent regularly. Thanks to all of you for your reviews of Monster. I wouldn't have given it more than a few spins, but after listening to you all, I now love it. Thanks, guys, for rocking me into 2013. A devoted listener from Down Under, Ian Murray. Thank you, Ian. Keep being a friend to the show, and we love hearing from you, and we're just glad that you listen. Thank you. And now on with the show. Someone was saying something about Long Way Down. Ken, what do you think of this tune? Well, this is a fun song. I think it rocks out. Sadly, I'm afraid that it's probably not going to make the Monster Tour, the 40th anniversary tour, whatever it's going to be called. Uh, it's, 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 it's a great track live, and, and I also like the fact that it's kind of different than anything else that we've heard lately coming from Paul. A lot of his stuff is really the you-can-do-it-lift-to-wing, climb-the-mountain, so on and so forth. You know, w- regardless of whether or not they play this live ever, um, mm. ever again, I should say, I think that this is Paul's strongest song on the record. Maybe, or one of, one of the top Paul songs on the record. Melodically, it's interesting. The guitars, the rhythm guitars are just smoking on this album, and on this song in particular. Great yeah. lyric, great, great, uh, you know, great lyrics on this, uh, great vocals. It's all around a, a really solid song. I love the backing vocals. I, I, I'm still having a hard time differentiating if it's, you know, discerning whether it's Tommy backing him up on vocals or if it's Gene. It sounds a little bit like Gene, but just a, a, a really interesting lyric. Is it? Has this song been officially released to radio as the second single? Because I've heard it on the radio here in L.A. Really? I think so. Yeah. Wow. I'm pretty sure it has. Yeah, I, I thought so too. How does this stuff sound on the radio? Pretty. This song, pretty damn good. Yeah, I imagine. I've heard Hell or Hallelujah on the radio. That sounds awesome. Yeah, that's very cool. I bought the vinyl, and, I, and uh, we, we got to get new speakers because our, our speaker's blue. But I'm really looking forward to hearing this on record. It sounds great. How about you, Matt? You know, I really like it. It's it's funny. It was at first I really wasn't as thrilled with it because I thought the sentiment of kind of Paul saying "I told you so" to somebody, I kind of it it just didn't sit well with me. It kind of felt like 
you know, usually it's kiss, we're going to lift everything up, and, you know, but he's clearly telling somebody, look, you screwed up. So, but then again, it, as I've been listening to it, maybe it's because things happen in your life, and you say, okay, well, oh, wait, now I get it. Love the song. So it's, uh, at first, it was one of them that at first didn't love, now, right on board. Right. I, I know what you mean, though. We're used to Paul kind of doing the encouragement. Right. Unless it's right. to a woman. Right, unless it's, right. you know, you, you're evil, yeah. you screwed me over, and... Uh, heart of Chrome. Right, Heart of Chrome, exactly. Well said. Well, what that's, you... I think, because he's talking about somebody who has to fall from the top. You're thinking, I guess a lot of people drew the conclusion, okay, it's Ace and Peter. You know, it's a long way down, guys, you know, but, I mean, it could be that. It could be just some, I don't know. I think, you know, it's, again, you read into it whatever you want, but the... Uh, you know, it's that it was some, yeah, Vinny could be any, anybody. It's like, you know, our circle of friends, you think about people that you knew that maybe piss you off their circle of friends. It's Ace and Peter and Vinny and, and Hey guys, what do you think? You know, you're, you're haven't done a gig in 30 years. Right. Yeah. And I, I don't even think it would be directed towards Vinny because from what I've heard, Gene and Paul weren't really too fond of him for, to begin with, you know, so <laughs> like they were, they never really saw him on top. Yeah. Hey, Peter's got a new book out. Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> right, it, exactly. In a way, it's almost like a response to that. It's a lot of name calling and, uh, you know, there's definitely not good vibes. I mean, obviously, everybody's pretty aware of that. So, But it's nice to, you know, for Kiss to, you know, it's a hallmark of rock and roll to have, you know, the angry song or an angry cinema. Right. And, they, sure. they, and they rarely do it. I mean, so it's kind of, it's nice that they have that shade, you know, or that color in the rainbow on this record. They don't have it right. very often. Agreed. Which is very important. One of the things I love about KISS is the diversity of the music they've had over the years. I'm glad it's just not the same thing over and over again. If I want that, I'd listen to ACDC all the time. Agreed. And, and he does it... So go, go ahead. No, no, you. He does it in such a way that it doesn't even seem like an angry song until you really, like, read the lyrics. That's exactly right, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it, it, it sounds more, to me, sometimes more cautionary than angry, mm-hmm. in a way. Kind of like, you know, be careful. You know, almost careful what you wish for, or careful how high you climb. Um, or, you know, be mindful of where you are on the ladder, because if you slip, um, if you don't take care of yourself and others, this is going to happen to you. Yeah. Kind of a thing. And musically, I, I, you know, you talked, Joe, about kind of colors in their on their palette. Um, I mean, this, to me, is, is the most adventurous or... Uh, or interesting twist musically for them. I, when 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 I got the record, I played this song for my wife, and um, who is not a Kiss fan, as I've mentioned before. And uh, <laughs> a, but but you know who who acknowledged and really appreciated. I think that this is a song that doesn't sound like all the other songs. You know, yeah. I think, I think when you're not a Kiss fan, they all kind of sound the same. Yeah. Right. And this one doesn't sound like any other Kiss song to me. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Which is followed, and it's of course. And it's followed by a song that sounds like every other Kiss song, right? <laughs> <laughs> like Gene's uh, one and only sole songwriting credit. And I think, as much as I love Gene, man, I think it shows that this is his sole songwriting thing, <laughs> where he wrote it alone. No co-write on this one. This is just Gene <laughs> doing Gene's thing, right? Yeah. Eat your heart out. Not a remarkable song, I would say. I like it, but yeah, nothing, you know. Gene is capable of so much more. 
And on this record, he delivers so much more on other songs. But this one is, you know, you know, if there's any song that just kind of, well, it's like we're doing this again. Yeah, but it, I wouldn't say it's filler, but I'd say it's just like, just not filler. Like, it's just good enough not to be filler. Right. I liked it better when it was hot or cold. Ouch. I mean, I, I can't, I cannot get over this song. I'm fucking in love no, with this song. Here's the thing. Here's why I love having Joe Casey on the show. Okay, is because when when we were doing, <laughs> when we were doing the 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 compilations, uh, episode, I think it was that one. We were talking about killers, and you know, I I I we we we, I don't know, we get to uh, down on your knees, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, it's a Paul song. Down on your knees, blah blah blah. Joe comes in with, this is what KISS were supposed to be doing. This is everything that, you know, that it should be. This is the, you know, the hard rock song that, that um, you know, that would have redefined them, put them back on the map. And, of course, then, of course, we, we, we finish up. I turn my microphone off. I bust out Killers. And I go, damn, I've been missing this all these years. He's absolutely right. Yeah. Right? I'm telling you, this song is, you know, it's an album cut. There's no doubt about it. There I mean, ain't I'm not, no doubt about. Yeah, exactly. I would not. I would never say, "Hey, you know, put this out as a single." But holy shit, it's it justifies Gene's place in the band when he, you know, when he comes to the table with a song that he wrote himself. Uh, you know, for the most part, I, I would say that he had some help on this song. But you know, he got the sole songwriting credit, so more power to him. Um, it's just. It's just catchy enough without being too poppy, and yet it's got a, you know, it's sort of, the, you know, it's the sort of lascivious lyrical content that he's known for, but it doesn't go too far. Um, and it's just, I, I mean, I cannot get over this song. I'm telling you. It's, this is the song that when this album kind of, you know, fades into being just part of the Kiss catalog, I'm telling all of you right now, this song will be the one that sticks out for wow. everybody. Wow. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, two things, I, I guess, that, that three things. The acapella intro, you're right, is, is gorgeous. Perfect. And, it, yeah. and, it's, and you know, again, it captures what Back to the Stone Age captures, which is these four guys having a good time. Yeah. And, and, and you know, you need that at this stage of, of the career. I'm glad that that's there. Um, the guitar playing is stellar. I mean, that yeah. solo with the wah pedal, you don't, that's another sound we don't get to hear all that often in, on a Kiss record. And, yeah, you know, I can't say enough good things about Tommy Thayer, and on this record, he's I think the MVP in a lot of ways. The bass playing too, you know, talk about mm -hmm. your underrated bass player, Gene Simmons, ladies and gentlemen. Incredible. Great points on both Tommy and Gene. The bass on this album is just flat out killer. I think after hearing Joe Casey's opinion, "Eat Your Heart Out" is now one of my favorite tracks of all time. Uh, <laughs> really and good. I, yeah, and I think that. To go back to Tommy, again, this is one of those songs that, here's my sort of fantasy of the making of the record, where Gene brings this song in and plays it, you know, the, the basic idea, and, you know, maybe Paul goes, oh, God, you know, <laughs> sort of like what you guys were saying at the top, like, okay, it's one of those songs, but you've got a guy like Tommy stepping in and going, no, 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 this is part of what Kiss does, right. and this is a great example of it, and maybe you can, you know, they can, you, we can take this song and do some things to it that make it a little different than what's been done before with this type of song, which is where the, the intro comes from. And, you know, all the little touches of the transitions and the, and the, little, the little riffs that they use just once and never again. Right. That's, that's cool shit, man, when you're willing to just sort of put a, put a little 
guitar riff once in a song, and it's so cool that you're dying to use it again, but you just have right. that much restraint to go, no, it, once is enough. And you're talking about right before the second verse. Uh, well, there's, I think it's in the second verse, that little... Yeah. You know, yeah. That's, um, that's fantastic, and they never do it again. Right. And I love that shit. That's, that's confidence in songwriting. Well, like that's that. the kind of stuff that made the yeah. 70s records so unbearably perfect. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's All something right. that... Okay, Joe. <laughs> I'm convinced Gary, now. Damn it. Well, I, think, I think Matt's on my side. Like, we got to hear from him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Matt. Oh, for fuck's sake. Matt No, Porter. he's here. He's here. I can't hear a damn thing from the guy. Yeah, Matt. he's there, but he's not... He's Where are not. you at, Matt? Look at him. I give him a, a lead in, and he just doesn't pick it up. That's the last time. Oh, oh yeah, we lost him. All right, let me start this shit again. What was it? We may have to <clears throat> replace him with uh, Dick Wagner. <laughs> That's a fucking inside joke right there. <laughs> Dick Wagner is a hard name to have. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Well, yeah, but if you got it, you better use it, you know. That's right. There he is. Matt's back. Come on, Matt. Let your I back... am back. Oh, Matt, I'm back. All right, Matt. Back let, Matt, Matt, let your backbone stiff. All right, Matt, we're talking about... Uh, did you, I don't know how much, where we lost you, but we were we were talking about "Eat Your Heart Out," which I'm now, of course, convinced is the greatest song on the record. But I heard that it's the greatest song ever, and it's the reason the album exists. Okay, so uh, and uh, and Joe just set you up. He said, you know, and I think Matt agrees with me. So Matt, <laughs> absolutely, I think this this song sounds like classic Kiss. The only thing that I wish they had put in was some piano and mm. Katie Segal singing the chorus with them. Oh, Jesus. Oh, it God. sounds like something that could have been on Gene's solo album. I mean, it's, it's, that, it's a fun kind of song. It definitely goes back to the original version of the band as far as the vibe. I, I think it is one of the strongest songs in the album. It's going to kill me that I'm pretty sure that they will never play this live. Yeah. Right, right. And yeah. it bums me out because it's just that that one would be great to hear live. They'll play about, you know, 30 seconds of it on Kiss Cruise 3. <laughs> uh, no, I doubt that, yep. too. You, you don't think so? In the, on the Unplugged thing, you'll hear Gene sing, you know, I made tortillas and pizza to go. <laughs> I don't know the lyrics, whatever. <laughs> Something. Eat your hoagie. Yeah. Yeah. There's right. something oh that... Uh, Gary, there's something that you said that was actually pretty interesting. You said that this one sounds like all the other Kiss songs. I kind of see that in a way because it has that typical da 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 yeah, that yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have it in Sweet Pain, uh, something off Animalize, they have it in Only You. And actually, when you think about it, that brought me to this conclusion. And once again, maybe this is only me, but this song actually kind of reminds me of the structure that Sweet Pain has. And I could hear the... Um, the solo that Ace originally did in Eat Your Heart Out. Hmm. All right. I can oh, hear that. Wow. Well, I mean, this is the thing, right? The great tragedy of an album like Psycho Circus is that we can hear music like this and say, gee, wouldn't it have been swell if the original lineup had, you know, had been able to get together and record this kind of classic material one more time? Mm. Yeah. On the other hand, you get those four guys in the room and they're so busy arguing about who's, you know, who's more circumcised than the other guy. And, um,. <laughs> And, you know, and, and, and I think you're right. I think, uh, Joe, the, the, the fantasy you're describing is probably true. The guys, you know, Gene and Paul come in with a song and guys like Tommy and Eric say, well, here's how we can make it awesome. Here's how we can make it a classic Kiss record. 
Yeah. You know, and, and kudos to them. I, I, I really think that their talents are all over this and their fandom uh, mm-hmm. shines through on this record. Yeah. They're kind of steering toward true north. Yeah. <laughs> you know, which is a good thing because, you know, we all know full well how Gene and Paul can lose the plot a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right. Eric said in the uh, in the in the monster, was it um, what do you call that? The fan pack or whatever with the CD, the Zine pack. That's what it was. In one of the interviews, he said something that was a really interesting point. He said, I look at drumming as a profession, just like a policeman or a waiter or something like that, but I just happen to do it for Kiss. So I want to put you know, my, my best foot forward and help make that the best. So I th- thought that was pretty interesting. So yeah, Gary, I see how that, you know, that's probably definitely the case. He knows what Kiss should sound like. Yeah. And his vocals are terrific, too. Yeah. Well, yeah. now we get a Gene song that I think... Um, it's probably the, the cliche uh, kind of demon song, right? Like, they have to have one on the record. But I really love this one. The devil is me. I think me it's str- stronger than I'm an animal, which is a damn strong song to begin with. But, uh, you know, this one, The Devil Is Me, solid tune. Matt? You know what? I agree. It's definitely a strong song. And I, I've heard a couple of people say, wouldn't it be great if this was the new blood-spitting song? Uh, it certainly is that strong. I think it goes along exactly like you're saying. It's the demon song. It's definitely that character of the demon not wearing red-footed pajamas and being the devil. <laughs> right. I'll tell you what. If they made this the blood-spitting song, here's my crazy idea. I would love to see the blood-spitting happen at the end of a song. Good idea. Mix it up. You know, because hmm. he he, you know, if he could sneak off to the side of the stage and put kerosene in his mouth or whatever he spits out, um, he could sneak <laughs> off to the side of the stage and fill his mouth with blood. And, and I would love to see them do a song like this where, uh, you know, they, they do the, um, the last chorus or the, you know, the, the big holdout chord, the big strum. And the lights are going crazy. The, 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 the smoke fills the stage. And then you get Gene spitting blood. And he said, you know, wrapping it up with the devil is me, you know? Yeah. That to me would be good theater. But, you know, I, what, what do I know? I, I'd like to see it. Um, Matt, I actually think you were at this show. It was Philadelphia 2010 or something like that. Um, and Gene actually, he flew up and then he spat the blood up on the platform. I thought that, that would be really cool, too, if he wow. kept doing that. Oh, that sounds pretty cool. In in Philly, yeah, they did that in Philly, and it was awesome because he actually just went right up to the top and then did the whole blood bit up top. Mm-hmm. So he's spitting it down the crowd, which looked awesome. Even if, like you just saying, if they did this at the end, they could go through the whole song, kind of jam out the end. He flies up, then does the whole blood spitting bit yeah. as part of the that song. That'd be great. Yeah. yeah, that'd be cool. Joe, what do you think about this tune? I, I like it. I think it's, I mean, this is going to be the weirdest thing I'll say on this podcast, but it, this is a song to me, when you look at the lyrics, it feels like Gene's processing his, his therapy <laughs> through, through this song. I, I, no, I, I know what you mean. And, I lived in confusion. confusion. Yeah. yeah. It's choked on my prized delusions. I mean, that, that's... Those are Paul's lyrics. <laughs> you think mm, so? True. Oh, I know so. He said it. He wrote it, yeah. Yeah. Well, then, you know, like, once again, that's Paul writing a better song for Gene than Gene could write for himself. <laughs> right. Well, no, you got a point there, right? <laughs> but Paul obviously watched his reality show <laughs> in the last season because that's, I mean, that's what this is. It's like this counterpoint of, you know, the, like you said, the demon persona, but 
the lyrical content is all about um, you know this con- you know self confrontation. Well, you know, Gene has written. You know, Gene is guilty of writing the same lyric and using it. You know over and over again. And one of my favorite recurring Gene lyrics is about laughing when I want to cry. Yeah. Right? That's that's in a few songs. Uh, it's in I Confess. It's in uh, Waiting for the Morning Light. And somewhere else, I think, he, he uses that. And that, to me, is what you're talking about, that kind of um, looking himself in the mirror, looking, you know, kind of <clears throat> staring himself down and figuring out who's, who's, who's going to win, the good guy or the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah, so and I, we I lost Matt. We did lose Matt. Uh, something about I'm sorry. This is a little bit off topic, but it's it's about the last song we talked about. I I just forgot to say it. Have you guys seen the video of the? She's probably seven or eight years old. The girl with the little karaoke microphone with the little amp ho- hooked up singing to this song on YouTube. Oh God, no! That's terrifying. What? It has about it has about forty views, and I I search up "Kiss Eat Your Heart Out" cover. Actually, I search up "Kiss Monster" covers just to see if people are still doing them. And yeah, they have this this girl, and this in the description says, uh, "My daughter wanted me to film her singing this song, so I did." And it's probably one of the most hilarious things I've ever seen in my life. Ew. There's there's a isn't there isn't the song about cunnilingus? I mean. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. <laughs> Jesus, are you letting? Me, yeah, I'm gonna film you, my daughter singing this. You know what? I think we said it on the last one. We we were all what six or seven years old and singing "Sweet Pain." So yeah, yeah. whatever. Here, hold on. I love the fact that he that uh, Gene sings the the first verse like a a measure too early. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, yes. I I said that to two of my friends and they had no idea what I was talking about. Yeah, I, love that. <laughs> I mean, when they do the second verse, it's already. You know, it's it's sort of the traditional way, but that first one, beginning it early, I really like that. Once again, great riffs and great guitar solo from Tommy. Just a solid yeah. tune all all over. I'm not a fan of this track at all. Eric and Tommy shine throughout this song, though, but it's just it's it's just not one of my favorite songs. It, it goes back to the whole character thing, like I was speaking about on side one. Yeah. And speaking of Tommy, now we get his tune, a song which I was determined and convinced uh you know that i would dislike as soon as i heard the title as soon as i heard the the the, uh the preview clip and now i Mm -hmm. think it's a really good song that's pretty good actually yeah the guy sings the hell out of it yeah he's got spunk when he sings it too especially live sorry say that again I said he's he's got like a lot of spunk like he's you know he really has a bit of that attitude when he's singing it live he's like you know this is my song and, and you know finally I'm not singing shock me oh god thank you yeah. although I think he wants to sing that though I don't know what shock me yeah I, I mean I would I would imagine he would want to be singing that I don't know in though 2013 one of the takeaways though the 2013 we're gonna bring back the word spunk mm. <laughs> I like I it. heard it in Detroit Rock City so yeah. Although I think it might have meant something different at times, but yeah, he uh, he 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 sounds like someone with a hell of a lot of conviction. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I just listened to this uh, again last night, prepping for for the roundtable we're doing right now, and I had it cranked up on my headphones, and I, I, it was the first time that I really appreciated how much energy he put into that vocal. I mean, a lot of really good attitude and. Great, you know, great vocals, but great guitar work all over, and just a really fresh tune. 
And I don't care if it's about outer space. I really, at this point, it's like enough with the, you know, enough with the being upset about that for me, personally. Well, he's caught between this rock and a hard place where, again, he knows, and I'm sure that it was sort of the directive was, look, this is the role you play in the band. You're this, you know, if you if you're going to sing a song, you got to kind of lean into it a little bit and 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 play up to it a little bit. Um, so he did, but he really made the most of it, and I think it's really significant. I think this might be um, the first Kiss song in you know, God, I, twenty years, maybe longer, thirty years. Uh, that that that's. You know, no Gene, no Paul in terms of songwriting credit. Wow. Solo Tommy Thayer credit, which, yep. you know, that's a, I don't know, that's not insignificant to me. You're absolutely right, because uh, I Walk Alone, I think, had the, the co-writes on it, didn't it? I think so, too, yeah. yeah. Well, that's a, that's a great point. I, I, don't, I don't think I'd appreciated that before. Well, the guy, you know, the guy has earned his keep. I, I'd say he earned it many years ago. I agree, and I know where you're going with this. But now, I mean, he's he's doing a phenomenal job. Yes, but Paul also said that they didn't want to do a painting for the cover because Kiss isn't a uh, comic or comic book or superhero band or whatever. But it seems like they want to have it both ways. What about you? Uh, okay, Matt is. Hang on. Let me, let me add him. Come in, Matt Porter. Are you there, Matt Porter? The Matt Porter. Come in. Now he got dropped again. I hope it's not on his head. Skype phones and... Rock and roll music. <laughs> There's Matt. I'm back. Kids these days. Matt, how about you? What do you think of this t- this song? I like it. I think that he needs to break away from trying to be the Spaceman character and write something that's yes. more, you know, himself. I mean, so much of it, you know, he's out of this world... You know, he was born to the human race, and he's the ace, ace, ace. Oh, come on, I didn't even say it. But the, uh, I think, you know what, it, I'll say it right out loud. I would love to hear if Ace did this. It's a great Ace song. He's cribbing all the no, all the notes from the solo. And, I mean, I think I would just like to hear him write something that's not him trying to be Ace. Really? You think and that I, the solo sounds like Ace? I think the, it sounds oh. like, it's, like an, it's an Ace solo. I mean, it's oh. like I think he, he's going right for it. Which, in some ways, hey, he's stealing the same way everybody else wanted to play an ace solo. But the, uh, I mean, and, and you hate to always go back to it. I mean, it's, oh, if only if it was ace. But this one, it really, it's just, I wish it was a little more original, or I wish it yeah. was ace. The hilarious thing is in the, in the, uh, in the album book, you know, in, the, in the lyric booklet, on the page with the Out of This World lyrics is a little silhouette, a live shot of Tommy's guitar headstock with the rocket pack and the little, uh, you know, strap that he uses to make the guitar fly. All of Ace's tricks <laughs> in one right. image. Exactly. <laughs> and that's, I think, I mean, you hit it right on the head. It's all of Ace's tricks. The lyrics are very Spaceman, and you could say, okay, Tommy's the Spaceman, but I don't know. It just, I, I'll, you know, it's the way it is in 2012, but I again, I just I, I really wish he would kind of move into something that wasn't just him playing the spaceman. Well, here's yeah. the thing, though, and we can talk about this with the next song too. The the problem is, if Tommy was going to write a song and sing a song on the album that steered away from the the sort of the spaceman you know niche, 
what would it be though without it just sounding generic? Because I thought the song he did on Sonic Boom was generic as hell. Yeah. Right. So that you know, I would rather him lean into the spaceman thing and have a great fucking song that I'd listen to no matter where it came from, than have him sort of purposely steer clear of it and come up with a mediocre song. Well, I guess that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking is maybe if he wrote something that felt more personal to him, what does he do in his own life? You know, it's, I think, uh, even like, you know, we talked earlier about how, you know, the one song where Paul was being maybe a little nasty, maybe Tommy addresses some of the haters, maybe, you know, I mean, anything, I think it would just be like, he must have something going on that we want to write about other than just kind of, you know, I'm going to take you into outer space, blah, blah, blah. Okay. You know, Everybody likes that, but you know, I that's that's just my thought is there must be something personally that he would want to write about or sing about that's not the space character. Yeah, um, it seems to me like uh like the next song he's right he he has is gonna be called Suck It Ace, I'm in Kiss. Like he's just really pushing it way too far. <laughs> I think that's the, that's the quote of the day. That is the quote of the day. It's like we get it, you're the spaceman. Can you please move on now? I actually think that the, I think his next song should be called "Have You Seen My Wife." <laughs> there, you go. there you go. Right. I mean, this guy's. I I don't know who Eric is partnered with, but I mean, this guy is a lucky, lucky dude. But the thing is, though, I, I don't know if I want to hear, uh, you know, some a song on a Kiss record about fucking golf or whatever the fuck he's into. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, that's I, a new song. Well, yeah, I mean, hole in one, you know, or he could write. Ace, <laughs> he could write a. He could write a song called "Ace in the Hole," which would cover everything. That, uh, oh, come on! Wait, but Perfect. "Hole in One" is a great uh, kiss double entendre, though. Yeah, but that's Alice what, Cooper. But that's what Gene does. That's the thing. I mean, there's. I don't know where he could go that isn't already covered in the spectrum of the kind of songs this band does. You know, and if if there's going to be again, as much as if there's going to be a sexual innuendo song, it's gonna it's got to be Gene who sings it. You know, so he can't go there. He could he could almost get away maybe with writing a song where the content suggests that he's a fan of the band, but but even Paul goes there sometimes. You know, right, so look, he, it, it, I think we're making it more complicated than it has to be because the truth of the matter is, out of this world is a few lyric rewrites away from being what exactly what we want it to be and i think exactly what you're talking about you just put some other you know four syllable phrase in there it doesn't have to be out of this world you know and 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 you take out the midnight rocket thing because ultimately it doesesn't you know it's just a good kind of right i i fucked a girl song you know i saw you and i realized you got the fire burning in your eyes Let's get away, leave it all behind, and ready to blow your mind. Like, that's not outer space. That's just kiss. Yeah. Right? I mean, so you just twist a few mm-hmm. lyrics around, and you've got a great Tommy Thayer song that, you know, with good vocal, good guitar work, it does, and it's not about outer space. You just twist the little thing around. Yeah. That's, so, uh, that's, sounds that's great true. to me. Yeah, yeah. He's nearly, you know, it's nearly there. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a solid song anyway. And live, it smokes. It's really good live. Yeah. Yeah. Now we need to get Ace's take on this. Oh come on! <laughs> it's fine, you know. I don't. I, I'm. I'm just too busy. I don't need to be mad about this stuff anymore. <laughs> God bless. There's a lot of things going on. Gina Paul know what. Um, 
I've actually gone back and forth on whether or not this is a better song than Into the Void. And no. I'm, uh, I, well, I'm undecided, man. I'm undecided. Because Into the Void was, in a way, the same thing. Ace doing an Ace song, which on his own solo records, he, he's not burdened by that. He'll, you know. Uh, on eight, outer Space? Well, again, as these guys get older, they lean into it a little more because th- that's branding. Right. But if you look at Ace's, you know, first solo record with, you know, the, of the Kiss solo albums. That's right. You know, there's, you know, like there's Ozone and that's pretty much it. Right. Um, he's not, he, he's not, he doesn't feel so burdened by carrying that persona in a song. Well, this, so, this is branding. I mean, you know, th- this to me feels like, um, well, look, I, I think that, um, I mean, I think we've talked about this before, the idea that uh, before there was a kiss, there was a Gene and a Paul trying to look different and be yes. different. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying they came up with the whole thing, and I'm not saying it was all their idea, and of course it wasn't, and it wouldn't have happened without those four original guys, and if, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And e- even still, I-, I think the imperative or the, the, the mandate for Gene and Paul has always been you know, to make something theatrical that's, that's, that's different enough with the characters and whatnot. And I don't, I don't, I think that they do care about having that be their mission statement. You know, we are the makeup band, we are these characters, blah, blah, blah. So this is the branding. Yes. I mean, and yes, it sucks that someone else came up with it, but someone else came up with Paul's makeup too. Yeah. And Paul doesn't really have songs about being the star child that I, that I can really think of. And neither does really Peter, except for Dirty Living, I, I I guess, like a little bit. They could stretch it more. And I'm hoping that on the next record they do because Gene just announced, or announced, I should say, he, he made a yes. comment. Yes. That they're, they're going to go in the studio again in 2013. You know, <laughs> I don't care. I'm happy. Because it's all for the love of rock and roll In the music in the air And I'm losing control I don't care what you What about yeah. this next song, Joe? It sounds like you are in love with it. Uh, I like. I mean, I like it. Right I, off I'm, the love of rock and roll. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great song. It sticks out on the record because it's probably the most. This is uh, this is a bad way to say it. It's the most old-fashioned rock and roll tune on the record. I agree. Yeah. Um, and again, it's leaning into it. It's the kind of shit that Peter would do. You know, it's the kind of song that he would bring to the table. But it's still a great song. And here's another example, like The Devil's Me, where Paul's writing better lyrics for the other band members than he writes for himself. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yeah. a, it's kind of a, it's, he's written a personal song for somebody that, that that's not him. Right. Well, he, I just, yeah, it's, it's, he know. did capture the kind of, um, mm-hmm. well, this is what you were saying about, you know, I think about, uh, Tommy, you know, kind of have him write something personal that's about his life experience. I mean, this is about, this is about, this is Eric's autobiographical song, but it's not, he didn't write it. Yeah. Eric actually did say in the the zine pack, though, that a lot of it, actually, no, I think he said some of it doesn't really reflect him, but it's, it's, it's pretty much there, you know. Sorry, I have to say that again. Some of it doesn't reflect him. So, yeah, sorry, I was just saying. Uh, Eric said in the zine pack that 
some of the songs lyrics doesn't really reflect him very much i mean some of them do but he kind of made it clear that the majority of them don't really represent him like personally but it's, it's pretty much all there but it's so universal though the idea of you know being being in love with this kind of music and and living mm-hmm. life on the road etc i love that that part you know that's when she tells you shows you there's a ring on her finger yeah. great melody great harmony i should say yeah really pretty and, and quite yeah, a heart, awesome lyrics. And quite a touching sentiment, too. <laughs> and she's hot, hot, hotter than hell. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she, she showed me her wedding band. Ken, what about this song? I think this is a real fun track. I wish it would have been a single. I think it's awesome. <laughs> I like it a lot. I, you know, I, I, um, I think it's neat to have this on there also because the, there are no ballads policy has its strengths and weaknesses, right? It's cool that Kiss are doing it heavy and being as Kiss-ish as they can. And, uh, um, and and I don't mind that there isn't a big Paul Stanley ballad on Sonic Boom or Monster. But Paul Stanley's not the only balladeer in the record. Gene, uh, I mean, in the band. You know, Gene does great ballads. Um, yeah. And while this tune isn't necessarily a ballad, it's not a ballad, um, it, it just gives you some some breathing space a little bit. Which is so important. Right? You need kind of to pace things on an album, and it's nice to have a song that slows it down just enough to catch your breath. Well, yeah. it's, also, it's also a good riff. You know, it opens again. There's so few of these songs that do what great rock songs often do, which is open with a guitar riff. Right. And it's, you know, Hell and Hallelujah does it. This one does it. Um, and it's a great little rock and roll riff. Yeah. Yeah. No, oh, it is good. And and I like that they have that part at, toward the end after the guitar solo where it comes back, you know, and you get that, all I want, all yeah. I need. Yeah. Great singing. And it yeah. sounds good yeah. live. Let's listen to a live version of it. Here we go. Another song from the new album. Eric is going to sing this next one. It's called, All for the Love. Rock and roll.
Now we get the, uh, the the song that I was hoping to hear on Sonic Boom, uh, and I'm glad they gave it to us this time around, which is "Take Me Down Below." Yeah. What do you think? Awesome Cassius? track. You like it, huh? Yeah, I think it's awesome. Uh, lyrics are n- not too cheesy, but there's some cheese involved, you know. But uh, I I like the lyrics. I like the song. The gu- guitars are just amazing crunch on those guitars i love it i think the song's really good right great guitar solo yeah and i love hearing the the you know as the song winds up at the end you get everybody sort of doing the little shout outs you get eric doing a you know down below or whatever yeah you, know, you get gene doing that paul doing it. it's great great song really fun and any song where gene and paul share vocals is, is a happy thing for me what do you think matt you know, I, I like what Cassius said, it, that the lyrics weren't too cheesy. They're extremely cheesy, which is what I like because everybody knows I love cheese. But the uh, <laughs> it's it's one of those things where when you listen to it, it's clearly, it's the rock star life. It's clearly, they're in going back even to what on Shout Mercy, it's they're hooking up quick. I mean, you know, they're in the elevator, they're on the plane. It's what everybody thinks the life of a rock star should be. Right. You know, you're meeting some girl. Gene sees her at a, at a party. She's got a glass of wine in her hand. She's so European, and she's got a brass bed. It's great, yeah. you know. And then I think uh, it just totally plays more toward that fantasy of you know you're hooking up with every chick in every place, and uh, life is good. Well, I'll tell you what. Some of the criticism that you read on the boards is these guys are in their sixties. Why are they singing about this? This is so <laughs> it's so creepy and yucky. Okay, but they weren't always in their sixties. <laughs> And to mm-hmm. me, I think what I love about this is the idea of, you know, being on a tour bus with Kiss as a, as a reporter or something, following them around, or even as a roadie, a young roadie or something. And they're, and they're in their 60s, and, they're, you know, AARP is the, the magazine of choice, <laughs> right? 
but but <sighs> you know, but you get this moment. I'm imagining this moment sitting on a tour bus with Gene and Paul, and Gene starts bragging, and then Paul has to come in and brag, and then Gene has to brag, you know, and it's sort of they get into this like trading stories kind mm-hmm. of thing, and that's what this song sounds like to me. It's like let's let's brag about the cool life we've had. This song has balls. Good call. I love that as a way to look at it. So who won? Who do you, who do you think you know had had the best stories in that song? Vinny. Vinny. Oh, God. In the song. Yeah, Vin, Vin, who won? Who had the best hookups? Vinny always had the best hookups. No, I don't know. Wait a second, sorry. Um, I think Paul. Hang on. Well, we'll see. Paul, you think? Hold on. I think Paul had the gourmet meals, but Gene ate a lot more. <laughs> Wait, say that again. No, I don't want to put that on record. Oh, come on. No, no. <laughs> I, I, now, look, say it because I missed it. <laughs> go ahead. Where we were asked saying who, who, who wins the competition, I, was, I said Paul had more gourmet meals, but Gene certainly ate more. <laughs> I would say that the fact that they trade uh, vocals – is a clear indication that this is this is the tongue-in-cheek song on the record, mm-hmm. and they have those, and they you know it's 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 a, again it's a part of their repertoire is to have these tongue-in-cheek songs, and this is one of the better ones they've done in a while. It may, you know, in terms of the whole, and I'm I'll go all the way back. This is you know that signal of okay, Gene's going to sing now, Paul's going to sing, but we're basically just going to recount these incidents that never happened you know it's it's a funny song and it it should be taken as that anybody who has a problem with it it doesn't have a sense of humor is what i can say it reminds me also of 80s kiss not in the music but but you know the fact that they were they were having the songs and the the messages in the 80s kiss uh catalog was kind of like this oh all night is a sister song to this in a way um in spirit but I think what kills songs like that for me is that, you, you know, you'd have maybe two guys in the band make the song or, or, or you know, whatever, two or three guys. You'd have Paul and, and Eric Carr, right? And maybe Bruce would just drop in a guitar solo or something, you know. But, but it, it, it wasn't often that you had songs like this in the 80s where everybody was contributing. <clears throat> yeah. And so it's so nice to hear the whole band doing it. Every yeah. song on this record sounds like they're all proud of it. Yeah. The only thing that I notice about this, though, is that I think Gene was a little lazy with his second story about the flying thing because that last line of that verse isn't even innuendo. He's just coming out and saying it. You know, the song's <laughs> almost over. Might as well. Well, really, uh, well I, I think, uh, I, on the other hand, I admire his restraint because uh, well, he had to rhyme rock. <laughs> yeah. Right? And the fact that he didn't go there. <laughs> right? I think yep. kudos to Gene. He, he he took the high. He took the the, the top there. Okay, right. <laughs> he could have taken the bottom, but he took the top. Uh, no, a fun <laughs> song, and I and I. Uh, this is the kind of thing I'd love to hear them play live. Uh, you know what? Paul's attitude. Uh, the come here, baby. You know that reminds me so much of. Um, take me. What is it? He yells, "Take me." Yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it reminds me a lot of um, what's the? Uh, Let me know. Yeah. Right. But did you ever want love? And what is it? Uh, let me in, honey. You know that kind of thing. Yeah. Very exactly. classic Paul. That's the Paul that I love best. So good. Yeah. And now we get to one of the one of the two last songs on the record. 
Last Chance. Last Chance. I love it. The opening bass on this song is a cure for erectile dysfunction. If you're having any problem, this will definitely put the lead in your pencil. Cool. <laughs> Joe, what's your take on this tune? It's a good song. I, I um, It's so weird. This is just a dumb bias that I have. But I'm, I'm never... It, it's always weird to me when a Paul song has double-time drumming in it. Because it's like Deuce? Yeah. That's Gene's thing. I kind of, and there's two other uh, songs on the record that that sort of do that. Hmm. Um, so that to me, I mean, so on on the one hand, it's it's kind of an odd fit. On the other hand, I'm glad that it's they did it. I'm glad they sort of mixed it up like that. And um, I, I got to say though, it's it's also a very to me knowing you know how old these guys are, kind of a morbid song for me. Oh. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. right. And I know it's I, totally not meant to be that, but h- how can you not, you know, lay that on there a little bit? Uh, yeah, I, I guess so. No, I see that. I, I, you know, I, I, of course, I, I'm hearing it more maybe the way that that I think it was written, which is take advantage of things while they're here. But sure, exactly. but yeah. you're right. No, but you know, there's there is that other, of course, yes, while you're here and the clock is ticking. Yeah. yeah. AARP, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> it's sorry. <laughs> no, it's right. um yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. But you and know, I this only is... say that I only say that as I'm sitting here kind of looking at the lyric sheet and stuff. It's when the, you know, when you hear the song, it's it certainly doesn't really evoke that. You know? Right. Nice lyrics too. I mean, you know, that whole like take a bite of the core of the original sin. That's I a, love that. That's a good line. Yeah. That's a really good line. I like that. I also love the line, I stood unbowed but broken. That's a really, you know, you, every now and then Kiss comes up with a really neat lyric. I, I, I like some of the stuff that they're doing on this record. Yeah. I, I tell you what I love about this song, though, is, uh, again, that gang vocal. You know, your last chance. You know, everybody's yeah. singing that very, very tight. What about you, Matt? You know, yeah, I agree. I, I think in some ways I viewed it more, not so much this is your last chance because we're all going to die, but more <laughs> along, you know, that every day you have a, it's your next chance. It's, you know, that every day you should make kind of your best choice and, and try and do it right. And and I think, I mean, obviously, now look, obviously everybody, we're all getting older and you think about this or that or the other and you hope that they're not sitting there going, oh, great, this is going to be the last Kiss album or whatever. But I like that more as a positive thing, you know, looking at it as... You know, every day make it count. Right. Yeah. I like the line, do you dance on the edge of the knife? Right. You keep it on, you know, keeping up with the new technology, whatever, even if your computer keeps dropping out. That's right. (laughs) Yes, yes, Matt. Very good. Very topical. (laughs) I like that. Listeners have no idea. Right. For those tuning in, Matt's computer. Um, No, I I, I like that. I mean, good guitar solo, but I'll tell you what, that, that, uh, Ah, uh, part you know where where you get, yeah. you get that really intense with the uh, t- is it tambourine? This is your last chance, you know, as it's getting more exciting after the guitar solo. I love that. It's a really neat little breakdown. Well, it's clearly yeah. been listening to some ACDC there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I really love the part where he goes, "Do you dance on the edge of the knife?" Yeah. and then it really kicks in. That's dance, the best part. Dance, dance, yeah, very, yeah. very hot. But, you know, you mentioned ACDC. To me, it all goes back to Motown, though. Has that kind of, like, uh, uh, you know, Funk Brothers sound. Yeah. No, I, definitely. 
I love when kids show their influences. You know, this they, they talk about making a great rock and roll record, and there's a ton of that stuff on here. Ken, last chance. Yeah, we had talked about this as well. I, I love the the old not not just the classic rock influence, but the the music that these guys grew up with. You, it, it creeps up. As a matter of fact. Uh, there's a break in Last Chance that reminds me of the song Kicks by Paul Revere and the Raiders. That it, It's the same kind of thing. I'll play a little bit of both. Yeah, there's so much here that you want to see. You'll give it up eventually, yeah, yeah. So come on and open your eyes. You gotta live all your Well, the fact that Paul's ballsy enough to reference Humble Pie, which is the first time that band name has been said out loud in probably about 20 <laughs> years, you know, that says something right there. Sure. All right, now we get to the, the last, last song on the album. The Ugh. bonus track, as it were. Not a fan, Cassius. Not at all, but I'll let you finish the intro. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. You know, we're talking about right here, right now, right? So so not a fan, huh? I I can't stand it. Wow, how come? I, 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 yeah, I don't know. If there's one Kiss song that I really strongly dislike, it'd have to be this one. Wow. Um, and I, I'm not going to try to be shy about it. Cause no, I, no, it's good. We We want a diversity of opinions here. I I heard the song the first time. I didn't like it. I let it sit for a few days, and then I went back, and then I went back again, and then I went back again. Every time, I just I just don't like it at all. Um, the only the only thing, if there's one redeeming quality to it uh, for me, would be that Paul's vocals don't sound as processed on this song as they do on the songs um, on the other songs that he sang on Monster. Hmm. They they sound a little more natural to me, not like. You know, not so touched up. Um, well, it's within his register, too. I mean, you know, the guy gets smart about, you know, sometimes about writing things that he can sing. And it's comfortable. I could see in your eyes, you know, nice, yeah. right right within his reach. You know? Yeah. And, you know, maybe I'm being a little too harsh. It's not a... I'm not at all trying to say it's a bad song. Uh, I just don't really like it. I mean, I, I don't want to listen to it. I don't have it on my phone. I just... Hmm. I, I really don't care for it, but people seem to really enjoy it. Well, I love it because it reminds me of his 78 solo album. Yeah, it's right there. Yeah. yeah. I, to, to me, it's right there with, uh, you know, kind of, uh, what is it? It's All Right and uh, Love in Chains, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, uh, I love that, you know, you got to hit him like a freight train coming. Get that and that right. with the motor running. Yeah, very nice. Uh, and great harmony guitar solo. Yeah, I really like it. I wish they'd included it on the CD. I wish they hadn't done the whole floating extra track, blah, blah, yeah. blah. You know, I'm not even sure which version it's on. It's, you know, yeah. I don't think it really helps them. Any. I don't think people are tracking it down just for that song. It's being traded as an MP3. You know, once one person gets it. Yep. I actually don't even consider part of the album proper as a result. I agree with Matt. Uh, yeah, I have not heard this song yet. I'm, I'm a guy who hasn't heard it. We had to kind of track down on some. Oh, man, yeah, it's, a, it's an iTunes exclusive. Joe, you must go. I think you're going to love it. 
Oh, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say. Hey, Cassius, you have some good points. There's, a, you know, there's a there's a bit of a, I don't know, a bit of a cheese factor to it, I guess. Yep. And I don't I don't mind so much. I think because, um, well, for me, this is a really important song because uh, being in the moment is is very curative when you know when you're dealing with mental health stuff, and then and that's my job. And uh, I, get, I get a lot of people coming in with a lot of crap in their lives. And I go, okay, but what about right now? You know, what about right this very second in this room right now? You know, and I, right. think, and I think people lose sight of that, that this is the only time that exists is right now. And not to get too heavy handed about it. I don't, I don't, I don't imagine. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what they were thinking when they wrote this, but that's true. The only time that, that exists is right now. Yeah, and if you can handle right now, then you can do a lot of other stuff, if that makes sense. And right now, Matt is gone. Right now, Matt is gone. Yeah. Does Let's anybody get... know the writing credits for the song? Um, Stanley Simmons Thayer. Okay. No, no, no. I'm wrong. Oh. <laughs> nope. It's uh, no. I was looking at the wrong thing. Let's get the writing credits. Yeah. Anyone? Can anyone do that? I don't have it in front of me. I'll search it up right now. Hang on. I haven't heard the goddamn song. I have you no really idea. should. It's <laughs> great. I, I think you'll really... I mean, it's very 70s Kiss. I don't want to hear something I'll be angered that's not on the record. You, know? oh, you will. Yeah. You will. Oh, that's how I feel, is that they they should have included it. I think it is getting kind of a slight because of the fact that people aren't hearing it in the context. You're only hearing it because your friend has somehow downloaded a copy and they're going to email it to you. Yeah. Oh, look at this. It is solely written by Paul. Is that right? Yep. I could hear that. See, now this is the kind of life-affirming, encouraging anthem that doesn't irritate me. <laughs> right. Shall we say. <clears throat> because it's not, a, I don't know, it's not a... Because it's ascertainable. And, and he's, in other words, you know, you could, you could do this. You can live in the moment. And, um, and it's not about I'm better than you, I'm climbing a mountain or whatever. You know, it's just about be, yeah. be here now because this is all that exists. And right. that guitar solo is just, uh, yeah, uh, Joe, man, you're going to love this song. There's a marching sort of drum pattern on it. You know, nice. Yeah. This part reminds me a bit of the Psycho Circus song. I think you can hear it. Eric calls it his favorite song on the record. Mm-hmm. Oh, geez. Yeah. Which is odd that they wouldn't include it then. Shows how much pull he has. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think they could have... You know, they could have left something else off. And, and uh, <laughs> before we did this, I was going to say, man, they, they could have left off uh, Eat Your Heart Out. Oh, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. No. What the Gary, fuck? Gary, Gary. <laughs> what, what do I know? But it's a, I think it's a nice way to wrap up the album. You know what? Either way, you can't lose. If, if this is your, if it's this or if it's last chance, I think they end it with a bang. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes me want more. And if rumors are true. If Gene's not just talking, and Lord knows he never does that, um, <laughs> then we will get more Kiss music, and that's a happy thing. Well, you know, if, if they're listening to these podcasts, we know that one of the songs will be Ace in the Hole, and that's there's right. going to be Six Foot Cardboard Skeleton. That's a, another Gene song. So uh, Wait, Six you know, Foot Cardboard Skeleton? You listen to the History Science Theater. <laughs> Wait, i gotta, I got to catch up on that. All right. It's, uh, they talk about Gene, uh, Gene, what are Gene's inspirations, and they say one of the new songs will be Six Foot Cardboard Skeleton. Right, right. Maybe laugh, <laughs> laugh for at least a week. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, whatever they do, there's always going to be something to talk about. I mean, mm -hmm. that's what's so cool. 
I mean, that's what I'm so happy about is that it's, you know, 40, almost 40 years on with this band and we're still talking about it. Well, real quick, what, what songs have they played live now so far? Five of like, them. Uh, only three of which still remain in the set list. But, uh, so the three that they're currently playing, Hello Hallelujah, Wall of Sound, and Out of This World. Right. But they have played All for the Love of Rock and Roll and Long Way Down. Long Way yep. Down, okay. Yeah. Now, they sound sorry? good. No, no, they, I just, I think the material sounds really strong live. Yeah, I, I think they're good. One thing I wanted to mention, uh, I don't know if you had this written down, but just in case, have you guys heard the Japanese bonus track? Oh, uh, yeah, well, that, no. I heard that years ago. That's a, that's a live version of uh, King of the Nighttime World from 2000. Oh, yeah, yeah. 2004, oh, okay. I think. I'd never heard that before until it was uh, put on YouTube. Okay, yeah. I don't. I, I don't. I don't like that one. <laughs> Why is that, what? What the hell is that on there for? I don't know. It's a, you know what they put out an EP that was exclusive uh, <clears throat> as a bonus to the Rock the Nation DVD. Right. And wow. it was an EP that you can only get, I think, in Japan. And they have to do this, I think, to get Japanese people to buy American products or some crap like that. But um, but you know it's okay. It's just it's you know what it is. It's <clears throat> just a good live version of King of the Nighttime World. It's a leftover. It's a leftover. Yeah. It's I don't like it. The it's interesting so thing the interesting thing about this record to me is that it's such a strong record. Like Sonic Boom, I was not, I'm not a huge fan of that album. But there's some good songs on it. Right. But I think it's telling that they only ended up playing, you know, what, two songs live? Three. They do Modern Day Delilah, I'm an Animal and Say Yeah. Three. But yeah, right. you know, you're right. I mean it's not it's not a lot. And they certainly, they're certainly not even still playing Modern Day Delilah live. But the fact that they sort of out of the gate, once they got off the tour, they were playing, you know, five of these things live. Yeah. Um, They obviously like the record. And I think that, you know, Sonic Boom, very much like Psycho Circus, it's sort of like an addendum to their catalog. You sort of, you can almost separate it from their body of work. This one actually is fairly significant to their body of work, I think. Well, I'll tell you what. I love Sonic Boom, and I still I loved it then, and I still do. It's a very happy record for me. Um, my first kid was born the year before, and I, and I have very fond memories of of uh, driving around with kid in the back, uh, this you know, asleep in the car seat. This record being something that I had to you know turn down a little lower than I would have liked to, but just getting into it and loving it and. And then Monster was just, you know, it's like the icing on the cake. I can't believe there's a new Kiss record. And now there are two new Kiss records. And, yeah. uh, and, and I do think that this is a much more sure-footed um, venture for them as far as songwriting. They're, they're really, uh, I mean, this does feel like a band with a fuel injection going on. Um, and, and lots of high energy. And they're clearly very proud of it. I think you're right, Joe. Um, they're very much invigorated by it. Um, I think it's like, this is like... Um the way they felt about revenge, yeah, you I know, think so. which was yeah, and what, twenty and, years ago. Well, God, yeah, I know. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. I feel that way too. But, um, <laughs> but, but you know, what's what's uh, what's frustrating in a way. I mean, I don't care. I just want the music. But I guess what what I imagine might be frustrating for them is that not unlike revenge, they put out a great record, and it's just not moving copies because that's where record buying <clears> is. You know. Yeah. yeah, people just aren't buying this stuff at all. I mean, it, it, it still did really well on the charts, but I guess that doesn't mean anything anymore. 
doesn't mean too much. It, it, you know, it had a it had a nice first week showing, uh, but you know, with SoundScan these days, that has a, that has as much to do with what else didn't come out that week. Didn't Cake yeah. Cake had a top ten record recently, like top five album or something? Really? Yeah. yeah. The band Cake from Sacramento had a had like a top five record, which you know they're a good band and a lot of people like them. And uh, but you know that that's weird. I heard about them on Decibel Geek, but I I can't remember what they sound like. They sound like um, a vibra slap. Okay. <laughs> like every ca- no, it's true. Every cake song has horns and then a vibra slap going. <sighs> you know. Okay. I think it's it's weird that I think with the, the Sonic Boom PR campaign was stronger. They 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 sort of had a tour that really coincided with it. They did a lot of TV, and this one, which is the stronger record, has a weirdly more muddled PR. Yeah launch you know the tour came first and then this comes out and now they're doing like these sporadic sort of international dates and it's weird i I kind of i feel almost bad that sonic boom got the push that this record should have gotten even and even with that push you know sonic boom just couldn't i mean it sold okay you know whatever it sold well better than monster that but yeah but that walmart exclusive i think is a nutty idea too stupid on a lot of levels but and every walmart you go into doesn't know what you're talking about <laughs> well right. that's every walmart employee doesn't know what you're talking about when you ask them you know pretty much yeah. anything uh you know what i i was thrilled to be able to actually go into like a real record store because there is a cool little record store near me and buy this like you know there's one record store where i buy everything and he got them early and i could walk in and i'll tell you it's still the joy of walking in and buying a new Kiss album. We, you know, Isn't so not going to badmouth Walmart, but I'm going to send out a shout out to the record revival in the Q Mart. Love you guys. <laughs> I no, I hear you. I bought mine at Amoeba Records in Berkeley on Telegraph Avenue. Walked in, got Monster on vinyl and CD. I had to endure the smug eye rolling from the hipster uh, salespeople. <laughs> you mean douchebag? You know. <laughs> But 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 you know that's that's why freak is a song that works cause, amen yeah I don't give a shit about what you're buying I'm buying the new Kiss record yeah yeah but I'm very pleased that that it, that it's here I'm I'm I've I've loved it for you know however many months now and I I could see myself listening to this over and over again as time goes by and I thank everybody for listening I thank you guys for contributing it's always nice to have all of you on here and. Uh, I hope we can do this again in a year or two with another Kiss record. Oh, good Yeah, me too. Don't you, though? Or, Joe, Joe, you're like, oh, come on. Retire already. It's enough. Well, it's not that. It's not that. I'm not going to end on a downer, but I think that they they dug deep and they pulled something out for this record, and it it shows. I don't want them to do. Well, I don't want them to feel like they have to. It's not the '70s anymore, and they, it's not the mid '80s. They don't have to prove it. I, I'd yeah. like them to commit to this record and flog it for you know another year or two, you know, right. and not so quickly move on to the next thing because there's a lot of life and, and a lot of longevity in this record if they're willing to keep it sort of active in their in their PR initiatives because. You know they they move from one thing to another so quickly, but they they've done a pretty good job of whatever it might be, whether it's that the big ass book they they did or even the tour, that the 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 album was always part of the conversation, and I just want them to keep talking about it 
so people know that it's out there and we'll go and they'll find it. I wish they would. You know, um, I'm a behaviorist and I like behaviorism. And research tells us that you can teach an old dog new tricks, but the old tricks slide back in pretty pretty hard. And I think <laughs> yeah. that, um, you know, if, uh, if they're playing five songs on the record, it'll be, it's three now, pretty soon it'll be two or one. And it's hard because, you know, we're going to have to keep hearing Lick It Up. I'm so sick of that song. Really? <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, don't, I, I didn't like it when it came out in 1983. I don't like it huh. now. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's fine. I mean, you know, it's my fault. I don't appreciate it. It's a, it's a fine song, I'm sure. But, but you know, I mean, I'd much rather hear them exploit new material. Well, I think they, you know, w- one thing that they haven't done, they've done everything else. They've done. Uh, I know what new, you're going to say. New costumes, new staging. I mean, we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier with the Devils. I mean, they need to integrate some of these songs into the stage show in really vital ways. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. That's right. Uh, and, Sorry, go ahead. Well, they're just—I just feel like they're hesitant to do that because they—they they have so many iconic moments, God of Thunder, and all that kind of stuff. And and I mean, the fact that they put you know the fire breathing at the end of Hotter Than Hell for a while was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. But they need to—they need to think about their new material in that same context. I was discussing this with some other fans on how we might not see an actual monster tour, but we might see the 40th anniversary tour time will tell but you know what they did with destroyers they they built an event around each song so like god of thunder had you know an event built around it and like joe says they need to do that well you know it it was such a shitty moment in a way but it worked to have strippers for take it off at least it was (laughs) you know but right because like it's it's sort of a natural it's a no-brainer you know you're not going to have benedictine monks on stage for unholy or something but you know (laughs) You don't want to get too spinal tap about that or like, you know, sledgehammers breaking a church or something. But um, but having strippers worked. I I thought it was cheesy and it worked. And yeah. for something like uh, the monster songs, there there is, you know, there's room for development. Yeah. So I Here's, guess, you know, you're right. Well, there's at least three or four songs that could have strippers and hey, why not? <laughs> you know, Molly Crew does it. Take Me Down Below could be an interesting thing. Go on. You were saying to say something, Cassius? The way it should have gone was Kiss does nothing for a little while while they're focusing on getting the album ready. The album drops, and then they announce uh, the Monster Tour featuring Motley Crue. That would have made more sense instead of releasing a new album and then leaving for uh, you know overseas to other countries. I think you should really start with the promotion in North America because that seems to be mostly, I mean, where it you know takes off. But I guess it's just for us because we we all live in North America. But I don't know. I think. They kind of warped, so I, I agree with what Joe's saying. Yeah, well, uh, uh, if 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 nothing else, I guess one good thing about the South America decision they made is that those crowds are so cool. Yeah, you know, they, they get a reaction from new material when they play it in South America that they may not get when they play it here. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and so hopefully that will reinforce them playing that material. Although when I saw them in the summer on the tour, Hell or Hallelujah was very well received and a great live song. Yeah, same here. Yeah, but you know they have a big giant screen behind them, and it looks cool, and they 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 make good use of it. But I want more. War Machine was awesome live with that new movie. They should play all for the love of rock and roll and show vintage, you know, Beatles on Ed Sullivan footage or you know, um, Great Balls of Fire or whatever. Just 
cool stuff back there. That... They show that footage during God Gave Rock and Roll. That's video. right. Yeah, they used to do yeah. that. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's what they need to, I mean, you know, they don't need to. I they thought it show was... vintage Kiss clips. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> I think they need to show. I think, I think that's how they should open the show. They No headliner. <laughs> they should make a new two-hour movie, The History of Kiss, and right <laughs> as it gets to the end, it ends with, Instead of the whole thing with seeing the venue from space and all that, you get right up to 2013 or whatever, it projects on the screen in front of the stage, and then the screen drops, and boom, here's the new show. You're right up to date. It's right here, right now. That's cool. <laughs> okay. What they need to do, if they're going to do the thing where they have the thing coming from space, and then they at least need to have a live feed of them coming from backstage, because they just do the same one for every same show. One. I think that's... <laughs> kind of insincere to me but even if you know what even if they really would do a new documentary and they had voices from everybody you interview peter you interview ace wouldn't that be cooler than kind of sitting through like i mean i like motley crew but i mean who are they going to get to be the opening band let's have the kiss movie a lot of things would be very different in in the kiss army in the kiss world if ace and peter gave their blessing right yeah, I mean, think about how much shit you could sort of bypass if you know all that would be needed would be Peter and Ace saying, you know, we may not love it, but these guys are doing a great job, and kudos, keep on doing it. I don't really know if they need it. <laughs> they don't. Oh, they don't need it. No, but it would it would change things, and I It'd also be good. it would be good, and I think that also you know what what it what it would also change is that um, 2013 would have some kind of reunion gig, which where I don't think that's we're going to see that at any time soon. Well, listen, yeah. we've, we've just seen the Stones have start on their 50th anniversary gigs. They, they brought out Bill Wyman. They brought out Mick Taylor. I, I would like to think, although, listen, it's, this is a different, it's a different band, clearly, with different uh, parameters or, or different uh, things about it, but it'd be nice if there was another 10 years uh, left in Kiss. You know what I mean? Mm, I, I know. I, well, I know. It's, sure. But um, I don't know. It could happen. As long as Gina Paul are there. Yeah, there are ways right. to make it work. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I know I, it's hard to say goodbye to anything you love. Um, I certainly don't. I'm in no rush to say goodbye to Kiss. I guess they, they gave us a test run in 2000 and it, and it felt hard. You know, it felt right. hard. Um, yeah. And it feels hard to look back at 2000 now because of how everything fell apart with that. But um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if, if nothing else, Joe, I'm not ready to say goodbye to Kiss. Me neither. Right. Uh, but I don't know if Me I'll either. ever be. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's why I'm excited about a new record. But I'm I still... want them to make a whole album of songs like, uh, you know, Fanfare. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, that's better than mine. Yeah. Wait, what was your, boomerang? <laughs> no, I was gonna say no. A whole and a whole a whole album of songs like "Eat Your Heart Out." That's there you I go. Want. You know what? I bring it on. I'll buy it. Yeah. As long as it's an album. Yes. All right, let's wrap that up. That's a good. That's a good place to end, right? Yeah. Sure. We didn't talk about the album cover, but I think that that's not coincidental. <laughs> Nothing really. It's just a picture, you know. You know what? I'll tell you what. I'll just tag this on here. They could have called the record Back to the Stone Age, had that be the lead-off single, and have the cover be a cave with Kiss painted in blood on the wall of it, or, you know, some kind of mm. cave drawing or something like that. I think like they should that. have called it Wall of Sound. I don't know. 
they could have done that too. Have you know amplifier cover. I still look at the cover, the cover picture, and it looks like Paul's trying to get Gene to shut up. Yeah, I can see that. I almost got him. Does it seem like his left arm, his left hand, is photoshopped in there? Okay, I'm sure it is. I don't know. I actually never noticed that. I don't know something about. I don't know. Paul's hands always look funny. I keep thinking about yeah. the inscrutable Paul Stanley hand gesture. Yeah, as, as Joe put it. Anyone want to plug anything? Do you guys want to plug your podcast? Joe, do you want to plug anything you're working on? Oh, good Lord, no. Oh, God. Okay. If I could put a plug in for Creatures of the Net. And, uh, yeah, you guys should check it out. It's at www.creaturesofthenet.com. And I hope you guys enjoy it. I think you should do Creatures of a Net and make it a podcast about Annette Funicello. (laughs) (laughs) She had, yeah, I don't know. And Matt? That's one to end out on. Right, sorry. Matt? You know, I'm just going to put it a plug for mine. It's The Kiss Room. If you're listening to this, you're probably familiar with The Kiss Room. We're live once a month. I call it a Kiss Super Special, like those old magazines that were pretty much all Kiss. Uh, go to thekissroom.com for all the details. I'm the only guy that has a podcast. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? I, let me, just let me make my TV shows, okay? There you go. All right. <laughs> you don't need a podcast. When I was dropping my, my kid off at preschool, Yesterday, someone had a Ben 10 action figure, and I said, that's Joe's thing. There you go. So you're good. Yeah. All right. See you guys next time. We'll see you guys. And that is our show. Thanks again for listening. On behalf of myself, Ken, and the whole rest of the Podkiss crew, thank you for listening to Podkiss, the Kiss fanzine for your ears. <laughs>